I haven't seen you since the play. You made that. That's your yeah, baby. I made no. that. I, you decided I, you earned it. I grew that grace. You know, you I, that's, you that's a homegrown it. grace. I'm deciding, listen, there are many ways in which I am deciding. I'm giving myself grace. I'm letting myself off the hook for certain things. And uh, mm. it is, in fact, making me a happier person. Uh, this is not therapy advice. This is just my own personal uh, uh, allowances to myself. But hey, once yeah. you, you know, the therapy unlocks a lot of that too. You know, therapy unlocks permission. That was, you know, it's session one of mm -hmm. therapy. And they're like, no, it is okay to like feel yeah. irrationally. It's just like what you do with it. And I'm like, yeah, your oh, feelings don't need to oh, mean anything. Interesting, interesting. Okay, allow myself. Don't chastise myself for everything. What if this has anything to do with one's Midwestern Christian upbringing? We will right. not look into this. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yes, I am allowing myself. Here's one big one i am no longer uh taking the time to consume media solely for the purpose of being caught up quote unquote i am not if Good. i am not interested beyond just like learning lore then i will not engage i'm i'm saving that time i will mm -hmm. devote it to something else that's a yeah. grace that i am given myself look at that uh, that's your time yeah podcasters what are we what graces are we allowing ourselves here what graces? I'm, oh my god! Oh, a lot. Oh. Jace, how do you this grace? A, Jace, this is a Christian thing. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to do any cultural appropriation here. Um, <laughs> what? what? I did is earlier. I questioned myself. I'm like, am I allowed to say the word mensch? I was gonna call someone a mensch. <laughs> And, like, I, I love and respect Jewish culture. There's a lot of things about it that I think are, like, beautiful. But I am very much, like, a Gentile outsider. And I look mm -hmm. like a Nazi. And it's, like, <laughs> I, gotta be I gotta be careful when you look as fucking Austro-Hungarian as I do. Uh, I guess grace, yeah, is like a Christian word, but it can, it can, we can, we can appropriate no, it. We'll take it back for secular no. culture. They don't, um, no, no. They don't own they that. Everything they colonized. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they, don't, they don't own the word grace. No. They don't own the sitcom Grace Under Fire. They don't own that. They don't they own it. literally have never heard of that. They don't own Grace and Frankie. They disown oh, no, it. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no. Grace and Frankie. Okay, no, okay. We own Frankie. Frankie's ours. Yeah, Frankie is ours. Frankie... <laughs> Frankie is one of our. Which one is Grace and which one is Frankie? I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, Frankie is I, Lily Tomlin. Okay, but we don't own uh, Jane Fonda. No, Grace. I own Frankie. Oh, okay, that's great. You can have uh, Grace. I'm oh, confused. I gladly. <laughs> gladly. I don't know. It, it's Jane Fonda. That's a get. That's a get. That's a given, right? Um, I, I, someone who has seen Barbarella multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a given. That's a get. Uh, the number one Cat Baloo super fan, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Um, big, big Jane Fonda fan. Over here, 
Dolly Parton's supposed to be coming for like the last season though, so that'll be cute. Oh my god! Oh, oh it's a reunion. Yeah. Oh, it's. A, I just thought it was nice, and then I didn't think about the nine to five connection. Mm. I did oh, not I need think about the nine that. to five. Nine to five. A delicious might, film. Might Great be movie. one of my favorite films. Great movie. Great movie. Like, great movie so surprising funny. for when it came out 1980 so like a film that was produced in 79 sort of like mm-hmm. uh i i cannot prove this but it does feel like the end of the 70s and the beginning of the 80s it does feel like the last bastion of uh, 70s anti-corporatism before we moved into full 80s mm-hmm. uh Reagan corporatism well, no. Wall Street, it was, it was blockbuster before, cinema. Well, literally, it was before Hollywood got financialized. It was before the hedge fund and like stock traders got involved uh, when the money with the money instead of the old, good old fashioned mafia. Before like <laughs> studio executives became celebrities, the worst trend that has ever occurred. Oh my god! In history, the. The I hate them all, baby. I hate a Bob Iger. I hate a Michael Eisner. I hate a Kevin Feige. I don't want to see well, okay. a businessman. No, no one ever thought that Bob Iger was cool or sexy. Or like, no one wanted to I fuck did. Bob Iger. My Bob Iger sexual awakening as he introduced the wonderful world of Disney on Saturday nights on ABC. Um, no, but I am sick of a studio executive. Get him out of there. Un- unless we want to go back to the old model, like, like a Louis B. Mayer, who will throw sex parties for, yes. like, the whole studio to participate yeah, no, in. Yeah, no, for the crew. Well, that, right, that, for that, the crew the, members. That, there, there was a philanthropy to the yes, good old for days. Yes, for the, for the camera ops, for the lighting rigs, they're like, this is MGM, yeah. and we want to throw mm-hmm. hedonistic bacchanalia parties. If we don't get right. back to a David O. Selznick who's like, if you don't fucking like this movie, I'll kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> um, I don't want to see this, like, yeah. Kevin Feige and his nondescript baseball hats. Get I, him out of here. The, uh, you Plus he's throwing hedonistic parties. Me. Kevin uh, Feige has a pulse. Like, that... <laughs> Is not a <laughs> that is not a man with a warm-blooded biology. He has to, he has to he doesn't only, take a shower. He's part, he's he's part of that secret cult of reptiles that are running this world. Day. The only the only cold-blooded <clears throat> mammal, Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that is a man who I'd keeps a jar of live mice by the bedside. <laughs> In case he gets hungry in the middle of the night. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know? Do y'all know what I watched recently that this is reminding me of? Please, please. Mario Brothers. The original. Oh. Yeah. Let yeah. me uh, tell you. Yeah. Where? Yeah. You, you can get. They just, like you can get lizard on pizza. You can get pterodactyl tail. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me fuck. You get stoned and watch that movie. Great Masterpiece. Grab, make, look, here's, here's oh, what I yeah, recommend. Uh, Get a group of people, do some, make a brunch out of it, drink some mimosas, smoke mm, some clean. Yes, yes. And then... Mojo Nixon as a street prophet Tom Waits who gets John turned Lugu into Diamo Toad. driving a truck while literally drunk on set and breaking... Bob Hoskins' arm. Yes, yes. Fucking two... You know, if I'm casting two biological brothers... 
to play <laughs> Mario and Luigi. And <laughs> like, I, 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 we need Eddie Valiant and the Freak. <laughs> no, I mean, it's inspired. It's inspired. It's a masterpiece. They take the most... Uh, you know what? If, if you want Kevin and I to go into f- this movie in full detail, check out Movies for Babies, the Super Mario yeah, Brothers Yeah, on episode. this feed, two and a half hours of us going deep on Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Oh, the two... Tween- yeah. That's amazing. We did a whole very long podcast about it on this very feed. Um, mm-hmm. Great film. On this film. very Legi- feed. On this very feed. Scroll on back, listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and then give me thirty nine ninety five. Um... Someone did give me thirty nine ninety five after we went off on that joke, Jace. And I just, that's beautiful to me. Jace doesn't remember this runner. Jace doesn't remember this joke. Well, how much money was it? I'm sorry. What's thirty nine ninety five? That's okay. Thirty nine ninety five. One easy payment of thirty nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. What is this? This sounds vaguely familiar. We did a whole runner on it, you and me. When? Just like a couple weeks ago. Oh, Maybe a couple weeks ago. Last week. I don't remember what I did yesterday. Yeah, dude. I know, baby. I know. <laughs> I was what? letting you off the hook. I was giving you that grace to not have to remember. See, but now I want to remember because I love a good runner. Go listen to. Man, we're just uh, passing out grace today, feed, aren't we? Called uh, Samuel Beckett's "Waiting for Go Daddy Host" is the episode where we talked about it because <laughs> we were waiting for Daddy Host who never came. Right, so we, right. We killed time for an hour. Oh wait, oh that one. Okay, what it was thirty four forty nine? Thirty nine ninety five. Nope, not even close. Thirty nine ninety five. I'll give you half. I'll give you half. You were a part of that bit. <gasps> wait. Yes. No. Wait. Okay. Now I remember. Somebody sent you money. Yeah. Amazing. It, it, ju- it just, it literally. Amazing. Manifesting. We were talking about it on Twitter today, Jace, you and me. Mm-hmm. Manifest that shit. Put it out in the ether. I'm is, getting so much good no, shit back like, from it's, tweeting. It's unreal. <laughs> I mean, like, like, no, like, when you set those intentions, just, I don't, I, just, I don't know. Just, I, just, I don't know. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've got power. You, you won't always get it. something. But, yeah. like, and honestly, like, uh, a lot of it is related to this podcast and like the kind of wider sphere this has opened us mm-hmm. out to um, of like yeah you're exactly the network sure. expands by doing sure. a fucking community podcast during during uh, quarantine. quarantine and um and we yeah so you know I I'm uh, seeing increasing results from if I get an itch to do something I just <laughs> I tweet it and uh, half the time I get a good response. <laughs> like half the there time go. someone goes like, hey, I can help you out with that. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's allowing yourself to ask for help and setting intentions. Yes. Does so much. It's wild. No, it's I've beautiful. been. Buy our book mm-hmm. where we teach you this, yeah, but it takes hi. 300 pages. Famous self-help book hater, Jace, describes how you should help yourself. It's creating a sense yourself. of vulnerability that is impossible for the Midwestern man. <laughs> Yeah, but I am achieving it. I am a model for the Midwestern man. Allow me to be the new Midwestern. Yeah, I we're trendy. That's impossible at all. I I'm the new Midwestern man. Work. We live in Brooklyn, but we are from Missouri. I am neither of those things. No, <laughs> nothing that I just listed is you. But that's what ghostwriters are for. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll edit your backstory in and post. What are your backstory? We'll, we'll punch in. up it's, your heritage. We'll punch up your backstory. We'll be like Diablo Cody and just like lie about our backstory and it worked and no one cares diablo cody was never a stripper but that was a big part of the cell and that's why diablo cody secret genius not so secret actually mm, yeah people know. I don't. we're well, gonna hustle on the ground. honestly because like 
Listen, I don't know. She's been involved in some pretty uh, upsetting projects for the trans community. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but, Jesus. you know, at the same time, Juno is iconic. Jennifer's body. Jennifer's. <laughs> Jennifer's body, anyone? Jennifer's fucking body, which is such a good movie that the film industry absolutely tanked. Yep. Hollywood, great like, place. Oh, Megan Fox, let's market it to boys. It's like, this. what? Mm-hmm. not. You missed the point of this movie. I was wondering which Charlize Theron movie Diablo Cody wrote. I was like, was it Young Adult or was it Tully? And the answer was both. Oh! <laughs> the answer was she wrote both those films. Which films? Young Adult and Tully. Young Adult, I think, slightly better known as like a 2011 dark comedy. But Tully, it's the that's the poster where Charlize Theron has a bunch of stuff all over her face. A bunch of like stickers and shit. One of the stickers mm-hmm. says Tully. I don't know. That's all I got for you. Uh, you oh, know, she, I she wrote one Mississippi. Ninety percent of the time, when I ask, uh huh, I'm still not gonna know it. But I just want more information. <laughs> sure, and I'll be so happy to can, supply like, you with know that more about the things that I don't know about. Yeah, great. You know? I I am always happy to uh, provide because I love you know me. I love talking into a vacuum. Um, <laughs> you know, I love just uh, listing off things that I need to get out of my brain. Um. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Oh, she's doing that like Powerpuff Girls show. That like oh, the one that think, they like, like the... had to completely rewrite because the script leaked and everyone laughed. Everyone said like, oh, script leaked no. to what? Which there was oh yeah, it's it all yeah. The script leaked and ev- and everyone who got a hold of it made fun of it because it is basic. It's basically Venture Brothers. For Powerpuff Girls, it's them in their twenties, uh, doing like you brothers? know smoking weed and just being, uh, you know, gr- uh, like adult and burnt out. It's what you would parody, like those. Oh, we need to mm-hmm. make a. Uh, what if? What if? Uh, shit, I'm sorry. What if Popeye yeah. was actually yeah. like killing people? You know, it's like, a Jack what, Donahue what if? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. and uh, But I guess this is different than the Powerpuff Girls I was thinking of. Because the Powerpuff Girls oh. thing I was thinking of was the CW show that did not go. That dog did not hunt. Where yeah. everyone made fun of the costumes. Yeah, no. Oh, no, that's what I'm talking about. They leaked, the script leaked too. And they had to, okay. and, they like re, and they like went back to the drawing board to completely... Oh, like, IMDb is listing it as two show. separate entities. So yeah, they're just completely reconfiguring it. They mm-hmm. are they are distancing themselves as much as possible. Wow, 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 wow. Mm, CW in an interesting place. Riverdale is ending. Almost all of the DC shows are ending. Will the CW even exist? I think they put it up for sale recently. I think you could just like buy the CW if you had enough money. We talked about I understand this. that's how buying Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's you know what like we do. I'm always talking about the CW. Yeah, always talking about buying it up, bringing back the Dubba Dubba. We gotta bring back the Dubba Dubba WWE. We gotta that? bring back Michigan J Frog. The Dubba Dubba was because, of course, Jace, as you know, the CW used to be the WB, which was a separate network, um, and of course owned by Warner Brothers, the WB, mm-hmm. and um, and and there was uh, at the same time a different network called UPN, uh, which was really aiming for like black audiences. I feel as far as the broadcast networks go, and at one point those two networks went, and they became one network called the CW. 
Mm-hmm. And now, and that's and that's where that came from. I don't know. CW error of just shows as Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as The Flash. Right. As yeah. there are others. Roswell. Sure. Someone could. Ros. Oh yeah, the Roswell reboot. They love rebooting over there. That was their favorite pastime. They love rebooting or adapting uh, comic books, but making yeah, a lot of comic sexy books. teens. Mm-hmm. Hence Riverdale. Uh, this is, of course, Advanced Media Studies, a podcast where we aim to talk about every single piece of pop culture ever created, one week at a time. You join us now at the uh, onset of our, ooh, gotta come up with a name for this one, our podcaster's guide to the galaxy? That has to be taken. Someone must have used that. The Hitchpodsters? The the Hitchhiker's Pod? No, I'm going with... I'm going with Podcaster's Guide to the Galaxy until okay. I get sued. Yes. Uh, so Podcaster's Guide to the Galaxy it and stay makes it. the most sense. I agree. I doubt you'll get sued. Podcast if someone at the end wants of the universe, to sue us, we're sorry. Just message us. We'll change it. Yeah, we'll change it. Podcaster's so, Guide to the Universe, uh, Life, Podcast, and Everything, um, or Life, the Universe, and Podcast. We have options. These are long yeah, titles. No, we it, work it, the word it, it is a, a podcast. So long, and thanks for all the podcasts. Uh, there we go. Okay, That's great. good. So... So long and thanks for all the podcast. Yeah. Sounds good. Wrap it up. Print it. Cut. Print. That's a wrap. Make some merch. Uh, I am, of course, one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And uh, I not only believe uh, that humans coming down out of the trees was a bad move, but I think we never should have left the oceans in the first place. Was that in the first four chapters? Yep. That was like the... That's in the preamble. That's like the the preamble. The prologue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the prologue. It's like it's literally on the first page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that's from page. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is before chapter one. I love yeah. that. Uh, what's up? My name's Jace. I say them pronouns, and quite frankly, I'm very high, and I feel like I'm hanging in the sky exactly how a brick doesn't. Perfect. Or exactly unlike a brick. I don't know the exact quote. In ex- in, ex- in in just the same way that bricks don't. But you're just, right there. That's the one. I was, right you know, there. I should have written it down because the, the words, like the wording. Does, he does that with those words. He, you know, he's kind of a wordsmith that he adds. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, and we are joined uh, by by frequent uh, friend of the show, uh, guest the, the on guest last with, week's episode about Little Murders. Yeah, uh, Justin Germarath. Welcome to the yeah. pod proper. The, uh, the only vestiges left of my mighty ancestry are a pronounced stoutness about the tongue and a predilection for little fur hats. <laughs> God, I love that bit, and it has never been adapted. I love the Genghis Khan bit, and it has mm-hmm. not shown up in another piece of Hitchhiker's media. It is <laughs> it, not in the film, the thing is, it is so, not in the radio It's such show. a strong, violent image, and it's yeah. right off the bat. It would totally fuck with the tone of the I know. It's, 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 so it's much a cutaway like, gag that takes too much work to land. Yes, it's like many of the short film pitches that I have like texted to you and Vern, Justin, and it's like, mm-hmm. listen, man, maybe there's something here, but you gotta lay too much track for anyone to understand what you're trying to yeah. do here. Um, a, a problem I run into semi. We, we have to show um, so much work to get to the equation. It's like, okay, I have a pretty decent bit about like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but you need to like lay so much fucking track for anyone 
for before it begins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's just information people have to have um, mm-hmm. before this can continue. But yes, but as voted on by you, the listeners, in our first inaugural Media Madness, uh, we're beginning on our on our journey that will take us through the rest of this calendar year and perhaps beyond um, as we read the... Uh, I must quote. tell you, we have a hard cap on 42 episodes, though. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. damn. That... No, we no. We can definitely do that. We can definitely do it, but I just need. It needs We're not to be going said. beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and we will. Yeah, so we will be reading the Hitchhiker's Trilogy of Five, or, as <laughs> as we read every Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book that Douglas Adams ever wrote. We will not be reading the Ian Colfer follow up book uh, because I simply cannot be fucked to read that book. I just I won't. I have nothing no. against. Uh, Oyen Culfer. You know, I loved those Artemis Fowl books when I was a kid. There were too many of those, too. Um, <laughs> I just, I... The appeal of Hitchhikers is not like, oh, I need to see how the lore keeps going. Right. Or like, ah, oh, these characters no, are so Adams interesting. No, it's Douglas Adams being the yes. only person that can ever make me laugh like that while reading a while book. While reading a fucking mm. book. It's, and it's yes, so wild. He, the appeal of Hitchhikers is Douglas Adams. Like, yes. the narrator is the best mm-hmm. character. The, the omniscient author narrator yeah. is the best character in the series who will make you laugh the most, that you are the most interested to see what they will do next is, mm-hmm. is the prose well, uh i don't need to see i love you know arthur dent fun character i get it you know zaphod of course you know an iconic mm-hmm. meme lord uh ford prefect i've never really been able to nail down his deal um, i don't think uh, anyone including adams ever really got the deal i think it was just ford's meant to be a foil this guy yeah you know? he, he's yeah. just this guy and he does fine know? I don't hate yeah. Ford. He's just kind of this guy, you know? Um, and then Trillian, when she gets things to do, um, can, mm, yeah. can be interesting. Um, oh, I believe she is only Trillian at this point in the books. I believe I uh, remember She's only been called Trillian. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to... I mean, Daddy Host is not here. Uh, uh, and the three of us... Uh, let's talk about our histories with this with this book uh, franchise. Jace, this was your pick for Media yeah. Madness. I would love to hear about your history with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it actually, believe it or not, when I was much younger, started with the film. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was intrigued by it. I was fascinated by it. I loved the way that it did the practical effects like animatronic puppetry for all these aliens like it was fully everything i liked about that stuff and it was fucking funny um and then i forget when i got and kevin i know you've got this exact same copy of the book this like leather bound all five together plus it's like five five plus two something what is do you know kevin what it's like it's like Five books plus like two short stories or something. It's five books and the and the short oh, story. Oh yeah, the, the, the uh, omnibus. Uh, yeah, Zaphod's exactly. Day out. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I forget what it's exactly called. Young Zaphod plays it safe. Oh, um, I, okay. Yes, that's actually yeah. really great. That's Which a really fun I one. I have read every time I've gone through the series. I cannot tell you anything that occurs. In that I forget story. about it too. I, well, it I does think... not stick. There's something about lobsters in it that I remember. Yeah, they're underwater, but that's as much as I really remember. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I've read that. I actually have not finished reading all through all five. I think I've gotten oh, wow. about halfway through. But it was just one of those things that... Now's the time. I mean, well, yes, now is definitely the time. 
Um, I don't know. Reading books can sometimes be difficult or take a very long time for me. Uh, sure. But it was one of those things where when I read it, I was immediately enamored by it, the way it was written, and I couldn't put it down. And it is deeply impacted the way that, like, like linguistically and comedically, I write things. You know, it's totally. just like even if it's not something I'm aspiring to like emulate, like it's just it's just in there. It just affected me so viscerally, so deeply. I yeah. fucking love that. Um, so there's that, and I also the other reason why I pitched it was because then I it also like radio plays are very fucking cool, and there was a radio show that it was associated with. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. But that it began as it began as right it yeah. began as the radio the, yeah the first um, book is just like the first three episodes yeah right. it's like it's four sixths of a radio play but it wasn't a creative decision douglas adams was just like legendarily bad at deadlines like it is one of his legacies <laughs> is being really bad at hitting deadlines <laughs> so this is four sixths of a radio play adapted oh, yeah. uh to book and then the episodes five and six of the radio play get blown out into books two and three respectively right <laughs> and the third book is well, also no, like and then, mostly a rewrite of a doctor who script that he had yeah well right. no that, that, that like that's the thing is that like the second book is chunks of the rest of the original show yeah, yeah, yeah. um but there's like huge chunks of the show that just never got into the books gotcha right gotcha. But then, and then i found out that they also did like Ooh, so sorry. They also did like a mini series. Yes, yes there's yes. a BBC mini series, which is well, technically an adaptation of the radio play. Right, and yes, that's yes. what excited me about it because I have not been able to consume any of the radio play material mm-hmm. as closer to radio play material. So yeah. I'm really excited to like hopefully also dip our toes mm-hmm. into watching that and be able to be like, sure. let's look at how this this like. This whole, because the entirety of Hitchhiker's Guide is just a bunch of, appropriately so, mistranslations across media. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and no, the... they've updated the book multiple times because it was a stage play before it was a TV show, and so like there's yeah. new stuff for yeah. that that they then brought into the TV show, and then as it's cont- and then it was a comic, and then a video game, and just as it's gotten adapted time and time again, they've gone back to the texts. To change into the books to change to just kind of add new stuff that worked like it's, it's a cool. genuinely it's like a, living text. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah, living it feels very open source, and that's it's like really um, exciting. How the how the Marx Brothers when they were getting ready to do a movie, they would write it as like a stage show, and every mm-hmm. night they would like add jokes or change things just depending on how the crowd would react, um, and then they perfected it, and then they would film it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. then they would like, and now it's a movie. Um, despite the things yeah. that have not aged well in a sure. few of those. Yeah, um, sure. but, but yeah, so Justin, why don't you give us a little rundown of your history oh, with the series? Um, my, I've always been a huge audiobook guy, and so one, and so like for my birthday, my mom who, um, my mom got me uh, the audiobook to this, where it, and it was one of those, it was one of the most baffling products Ever. It was the individual audiobook on this clunky little MP3 player that you couldn't <laughs> download. It was just the file on it with like a little backlit screen to like let you know what chapter you're in. 
and whether you could fast mm-hmm. forward or not and skip. It was a very mm-hmm. like rudimentary little pocket calculator device. Um, but it had the book on it, and I listened to it all the time. Then I got the book, and then I got super into radio plays. So I found that, so I did that. And then I've gone out of my way to consume, to, I don't like, not consume, but to uh, engage with every adaptation of this possible. I've, I've yet to track down <laughs> the script to the stage play, but like I played the game, I read the comic book that they did in college by like finding PDFs mm. of. Um, yeah. I, you know, I watched the show, I watched the movie. Oh yeah, because like I, I do feel like the video game is the ultimate adaptation. <laughs> it's a, it's very pure. <laughs> it's a very well, pure. I, I think what, it's where what it, was it, it, what it was the console maximize... it released on? Oh, it's like, like PC. only PC because it's, it's a text adventure game. Yeah. Oh, it's a text adventure game. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you know, like you it, know, where you have to be like open game. drawer. Yeah, it, it's a text adventure game written by someone who is like who hates you and is trying to fuck with you, Douglas, <laughs> yes. who like wants you to have a bad time playing the game. We will definitely mm. we'll do a let's play or something. Oh, we'll do a Twitch stream. Oh, yeah. cool. That'll be fun. Okay. That'll and be fun. It, it, it's how you it, and I, I agree with Kevin that the narrator is the best character, and the game 100%. basically lets you narr- maximize the narrator. It's it's oops it's all narrator. narrators. Yeah, perfect, great. Um, and then uh, from, from Douglas Adams, uh, I was I then got into Terry Pratchett, which is a good twenty percent of my entire personality. Yeah, that checks out. So that was a uh, so this is a very foundational text for me. Yeah, Justin, I am finally reading uh, this book by Terry Pratchett that you've been wanting me to read since I started my Discworld project. Yes, um, but it's finally it's finally Guards Guards time. Hell yeah, Seven. 70 pages into Guards Guards. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my, my history with the series, like Jace, I started with the movie, because, like, you know, I was 13 in 2005 when it came out. I was maybe 12 when it actually came out, you know? Cool so, like, it was around. It was a cool movie. I didn't know anything about, like, the book or anything like that. Um, and then I watched the movie first, and I, I liked it quite a bit. I watched it many times. We had it on DVD. And then, uh, you know, through cultural osmosis, I was like, oh, okay, it's based on a book, and, like, books fans don't really like it. So, like, well, let me scope out this book. And I remember being in Columbia, Missouri, at a reunion for a fine arts camp that I had gone to, like, the summer before, and my, my girlfriend and I, who had also attended that same arts camp, uh, we went halvesies on a copy of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which, like, uh, you know, 140 pages. It was, like, a little paperback, mm-hmm. so it was probably, right. like, we spent, like, mm-hmm. $5 max, like, splitting uh-huh. this book. Yeah. Um, yeah before both books that summer. Tomes. Yeah, exactly. I, God, I love, I love a 140-page book. More people should have the courage like to just publish things, yeah. a 140-page book. Well, um, it, it, it's I like read... the 85-minute movie, you know? It's yeah, it's crisp, it's, like it's not... clean. Sometimes you love, like, a thick movie, a thick book, where you can really mm-hmm. just, like, dig into it, and it's dense, and it's interesting. And sometimes you're like, no, The Evil Dead should be 81 minutes. Like, it's, this is perfect as 81 <laughs> minutes. Mm-hmm. I would not change anything about this 81 minute uh, uh, brisk masterpiece. And the Hitchhiker's Guide is a, an 81 minute book. I feel like mm-hmm. you could read the book in a sitting. 
Like, if with your morning coffee, you could be done by lunch, I feel. If you just, like, if you just sat there and you just, you, you yeah. just read it through. Um, it's so a rainy day book. Then, oh, 100% a rainy day book. And you will finish it before the day is out. Yeah. Um, and then, so I eventually got, like, the five-in-one, like, paperback, like, the big boy. Um, mm-hmm. And then I ruined that. So then someone gifted me the hardcover. Um, that I've read. I've read the whole series multiple times. Mm. Um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the book that I have likely read the most in my entire life. Like, yeah, including, wow. including Harry Potter. You know, like, I've, I have probably read this book. By the time we're done with this, this portion of the podcast, this will be, like, the sixth time. Wow. Seventh <laughs> time. I mean, it was definitely, like, I've read this book a lot. And I watched the BBC miniseries in college when I was like, what is net... What is this thing that like my friend has on his Xbox 360? And it was just like on there. Hmm. Um, and the the BBC miniseries is like treats the text like gospel. Like they don't change anything. It is it is like exactly the book except for the Genghis Khan thing. Um, and I know it's adapted from the radio play. Um, but but yeah, it's it's uh, one of my favorite things of the world. It's the my only tattoo so far is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy tattoo. Mm-hmm. I have a tote bag i have a shirt like it's just it's one of my favorite things in the entire world um i will soon be taking a hitchhiker's theme thirst trap to promote this podcast you know like i just i love hitchhikers it's one of the great really is i know why people are like yeah 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 hitchhikers nerd 42 like it can be a lot but I just, it is just such a it's, foundational text. It, it is for like a certain, it, it's like for a certain um, generation, it's a like, it's a foundational comedy text, like Monty Python. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of the same people too. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are I'm one of them. Those. Exactly. In the way that like Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is like an indelible part of so our personalities you know like i i haven't watched that movie in forever but if we put it on right now i would probably be able to say the movie along with yeah i've just seen it so so many times it's a movie Um, not quoted as much as it is recited exactly and like you don't you don't like it wasn't monty python and the holy grail wasn't one of those like oh there's one big quote from this movie that like everybody knows and everybody says or like Mm. you know like like a movie like Step Brothers, where like okay, there's like a couple quotes that like everybody knows. Or like yeah. Borat had like catchphrases. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a movie that like people have top to bottom memorized. Yeah, like no. and, like and that. Like do. okay, you... the problem with Ready Player One, the book, is that it has it expects <sighs> anyone to be able to recite war games from heart. When like the the, the which script. like no. Let's one. say you like <laughs> war games. Okay, like you like war games great no one knows war games word for word even if you've seen it many times you're like you don't know the script for war games uh but holy grail you know the script for like holy Holy grail like least rewarding easter egg like (laughs) yeah exactly when i first watched holy grail i did not get it i did not think it was funny Mm -hmm. and then for some reason i watched it again later and it just like something something clicked and it was totally different and I it. was obsessed yeah. with it. That was so yep. great. It it was yeah. it was just yeah, I don't know. Something about the it also I mean both of them do have in common that incredibly dry British humor. British humor. Mm-hmm. But um, also like the dry super, British mixed with like the silly British. It's which is dry and silly British and also a lot of it is based on really specific like linguistic tricks. 
And so, mm-hmm. exactly, it's so like circuitous logic where like people are talking themselves in a circle and then back around and have like convinced you know themselves. It's a very mm. it's a very particular kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like the closest America got to it is maybe like Joseph Heller, where there's a lot of Catch Twenty Two where you're like, oh, this feels analogous to like a hitchhiker's sort of again this manner of like circuitous logic and people talking themselves in circles feels feels very mm-hmm. analogous um or like but, Kurt but, Vonnegut almost like a lot of just very sure. a lot of like textual gags yeah i've never read my vonnegut i need to that's a project that's just been sitting around mm. forever i need to just finally like buckle into some kurt um but i've not done it sorry I not either Sorry, sorry, chaps. Great. So let's let's talk. Let's dive into these chapters, shall we? Um, As we read the first four chapters of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a whopping thirty-two pages. I love that. It makes you feel. I there's. I'm sorry. It does to make. It, I remember that was one a, of the best things about reading it the first time. I was like, oh, I can rip mm-hmm. through this. You yeah, should, you're just fucking tearing through it. I I hate to invoke it, but there is like a Family Guy bit where Lois is on the phone and she's talking about the Da Vinci Code, and she's like, yeah, and the chapters are so short, they make you feel so smart. And I'm like, yeah, it does. There is something gratifying about like a book with short chapters where you're like, oh, I'm just fucking tearing. It's kind of the same way where people can watch four hours of a television show and feel nothing but if you tried to put on a four hour movie people would like commit seppuku yes. like on the couch like they well, would, no, they no. would kill it's themselves the, it's the, the, the difference between eating like eight cupcakes and a full sheet cake like it's roughly analogous yeah in terms no, of totally. volume of cake but you're because it, it's it, condensed it, like, because it's bite size Right, it's it, it's go it's breaking something down rather than going at the whole thing all at yeah. once. I think that's why you gotta in your movie. Every movie should just have like on screen chapters, white text on black. <laughs> so you're like, mm. okay, we're in chapter three, rock and roll. Here we go. Oh um, yeah, no, that's we, one of we ter- need to learn from R R R and just have chapters for movies. Just have chapters. Just have a big fucking word that says intermission, and it's the most bitchin' intro title I've ever seen in your entire life. I love, I mean, that's the thing. Love a break. You watch, I mean, I also think about it in terms of, like, when you're binging even, like, a Netflix show, right? The ones that are, like, 23-minute episodes, you're fucking going for five hours. You put hour-long episodes on after the third one, you're like, I'm a little... A lesson Netflix has patently refused to learn from the shows that are popular on its platform, like Mm -hmm. Friends and The Office, where, like, these are crisp 21-minute episodes. That's what makes them bingeable, because then you can just go, oh, I'll just do one more. Oh, I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. When it's an hour, it's a commitment, and there's good stuff that happens in the hour-long form. There's some really cool stuff that they're making. Absolutely. But it's not as bingeable, unless you're, like, I don't know, obsessive at that point. We talked about The Witcher on this this show, and we love that show, but, like, those are long episodes. I can't do more than one or two of those in a row. Yeah. Absolutely. I need a break. I swear this will be the last food metaphor I make, but it's the the difference no, between please. eating no, a bag of potato chips and a bag of french fries like steak yeah. fries like it's yeah. roughly analogous in terms of potato but one's just thin crisp mm, bite and you're done you, you can easily have another next you're like it's good mm. but huh it's it's flowery there's a lot more to it <laughs> whatever <laughs> crunch is diminished by so much fluff 
Absolutely. That, no, it, that, that you food, almost dread food metaphors are allowed as long as they're good, as long as they make sense. Okay. Food metaphors are permissible in this in this court. But yes, let's talk about these these chapters to summarize. We read the first four. Um, we're going to do roughly 30 pages a week unless that proves too much or too little. But for me, I think that's, that's just about right. And uh, so in these first four chapters, it's amazing the ground that this book covers. I, I still like am impressed by it where we are introduced to our our hero arthur dent uh, the world's mm. most british man um he wants a quiet british life in his quiet mm-hmm. british house but is about to be bulldozed uh for the building of a bypass so that people can get from one place to another faster but all of that is immaterial because uh arthur's friend ford uh is about to tell him that uh not only is he not an out-of-work actor he is uh from a small planet somewhere in the vicinity of beetlejuice but also <laughs> that the world is about to be destroyed um and that and- it's, it's, it's such a good detail. Planet. It's such a good detail, yeah. but it's not from Beetlejuice. It's somewhere from in the around. <laughs> it's a, it's around there, you know. Um, and though, and uh, as the Vogon ships arrive, the world is indeed destroyed. Uh, the world blows up in chapter three of a book. A big move. Um, and then we are introduced, of course, to Galactic President. What's that? What's Zephod that line that they Beeble use there? Brooks. It's uh, there was a terrible silence. There is a terrible mm. sound. There is a terrible silence. Yeah, it's great. Terrible, it's stunning. It's silence. stunning. It's really good because it tells you all you need to know. It's all like that is everything. Know. You could go on for pages and pages about the horrible sound that the Vogon ships made as they were like powering up and destroying the Earth. But like, that's There's all you so need. So much is a tension in that. Sound. Each one yeah. is its own paragraph. Yeah. And then uh, Galactic President Zephod Beeblebrox uh, hijacks uh, a prototype ship called the Heart, uh, the Starship Heart of Gold. Uh, if we were doing the prestige HBO uh, version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Zephod scene would be the cold open to the second episode. Mm-hmm. It would be 10 <laughs> minutes, and you're like, what is this? What's going Where on? Is this is the free show. Hold on a it second. Would be, I don't know this guy. It would be set to some like obscure song that you're like, I'm kind of familiar with this. Like when uh, the Watchmen show was introducing Ozymandias and you're like, the Israelite like is what you're playing yeah. over like the, <laughs> the introduction. What, 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 this is weird. What, this what, is what, why are we showing a ship launch to Sweet Caroline? Like what? what is being added to this? What is added by by the acquiring of that particular jukebox beat? Exactly. This would be uh, a very long 10-minute prologue before, like, the introduction of the title of the show, and it would be fucking Mm -hmm. uh, set to, like, a real deep-cut Rolling Stones song. I can feel it in my bones, is is what we were doing. If this were, again, a prestige HBO drama, uh, which it is not. It is a brisk uh, British comedy novel. (laughs) And I just... I'd love this so much. I mean, I have this shit. It just, it's so familiar to me at this point, the sheer number of times that I have read, uh, especially this, this opening gambit of, of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, but uh, an economy, and you know, when you're doing comedy, there's some cheats you can get away with that you can't get away with in like drama or like other genres, you know, like you can kind of shorthand things a little bit, as long as it's funny, like you can get Mm -hmm. away with mostly anything. Um, but still, like, we know everything we ever need to know about Arthur Dent. We don't, there's not another fact that we ever need to know about this character before we are launched into mm. the destruction of the Earth. Mm, um, yeah. you have... He's not a you, blank you, again, slate. He's not a blank slate. He's just like that. 
Yeah, he's just like, that's just how he wants to be. He longs to be a blank slate, which I think is a funny perspective for him <laughs> to have. He's, he they, wishes they've to be boring. picked the least curious man for the yeah, protagonist to, to go the, into space. The, <laughs> for, for a space adventure book, the world's least curious man. He does not care to be in space. He really doesn't want to be there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. That's funny. It's, That's a funny joke. It's the whole premise. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> what if a guy was in space and didn't care? And was not interested. <laughs> Unimpressed space by space. <laughs> because he does It's he does, funny. But, and it, oh, God. He's not just unimpressed. It's that he doesn't get, like, all. He can't get McDonald's anymore. He can't go to, right. like, the grocery store he likes. He can't, he can't go to the shitty locations mm-hmm. in his shitty English town. And yeah. that is the, that is, he's, that to him is hell. That is a personal hell. Yeah. No, his heaven is banality. Yeah. He longs for a quiet, banal British life where he lives mm. on his own and he makes his tea. I love the slow introduction of the bulldozer in, in Arthur Dent's, like, ordinary, like, we're doing the morning routine, we understand everything, and then there's this slow, like, incursion of the bulldozer, like, it's a fucking background. Uh, the giallo the villain. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, that's literally what it is. And, and there's always, and they play with giallo, too, because they keep going, yellow. Like, it's yeah, literally... like, it's... It's Dario Argento's yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Wait, I would actually watch a Hitchhiker's Yellow. That would actually be fucking... Oh my amazing. god, I'm... Hitchhiker's yeah, sure. Yellow? <laughs> like, Ford is suddenly just, like, a busty Spanish woman for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly. Everyone, you're like, why is Zephod now a hot woman in negligee? But it's, hey, that's Italy. Yeah. Movie. I don't know what <laughs> What, why did they replace the third you. arm with a third boob? It's like when we watched eight and a half in like my modern world cinema class, and you know most of us were kind of like morally abhorred. And then there was an Italian girl in the class who was like, "This is just what Italian men are like." Like I don't know what to do. <laughs> there, oh god, there's there's an incredible um, Italian comedy. It's called like The Divorce, and it's about <laughs> oh, two Italian families dealing with a divorce in like the seventies. And it is insane. It's an it's hilarity ensues. That's beautiful. I love hilarity ensues. Ensues. Uh, and yes, you you also have the beautiful like build of this joke. Uh, it's it's like classic improv scene heightening where it's like okay the the bulldozer is going to destroy Arthur's house for a bypass, and then a couple chapters later the Vogons are going to destroy Earth to build an interstellar bypass. Right. It is the classic uh, heightening and of, and now same, in space. And then the whole bureaucratic parallel between like, well, it was on display, right? And they're like, it's like if you, you can't be bothered. Yeah. Oh, you, you can't. It's been stupid. <laughs> if you don't care to participate in local politics, that's not my problem. <laughs> It's, it's great. So I love just like that, like this big, there's just this big bureaucratic colonizing force. It's like, Space hello. is a bureaucracy. Right, that's one of the beautiful things about Hitchhiker Space, which we don't really get to. We mm-hmm. The Zephod chapter is somewhat descriptive, but like, yeah, it's a, bu- space is not interesting here. There's no, nothing, there's like, banal- it's not a- no, the space is banal. It is as dull, yes. and bo- for all of its incredible marvels, the imp- things the human mind cannot comprehend it is still run 
by English people. It is still right. run by people. Well, I think that's kind the of the point. It's playing into the absurdity of people. how, like, the colonizing force is mm-hmm. oh, yeah. so yeah. weird by the itself. The of an empire. That's like, you know what would be funny? Imagine if that's how aliens existed. That's just yeah. like what right. they did. Like, I feel like that's the... Also yeah, the the there's a lot of I think now instead of doing it with such space we do this with the afterlife a lot. Um or I feel like stuff like good omens or the good place or defending your life kind of owes like what if this cosmically impossible thing was mm-hmm. just another like banal office park bureaucracy which well, is that's now the like the whole pretext of Rick and Morty is that like yeah, for I, all yeah. like the wonders I, of the cosmos people still get horny they still will be as cruel and petty <laughs> and small-minded yeah. as Earthlings. It's just that Earthlings are just a little bit more than everyone else. Right, of course. We're the most because we are the protagonists of the mm. universe. But yes, this... Um, I understand that, like, Hitchhiker probably also didn't invent this, but it is certainly, like, the thing everyone is mm-hmm. cribbing from. This is yes. where we are all cheating off of when we when mm-hmm. we are uh, popularizing and oh, exploring yeah. this kind no, of there's, thing. No, um, th- there's a book. Uh, oh, God, what's it called? It's not called, like, The Day After Tomorrow, but it's by this guy named Robert Sheckley, where a guy wins a uh, inter... Uh, a, uh, r- r- wins, like, an interdimensional lottery. Uh-huh. Um, and he's shipped to this, like, planet to collect his prize, which is, like, an absurd, an absurd shape-shifting being. And when he then... And he doesn't know how to get back home because he doesn't know mm-hmm. the, the, like, the space coordinates of Earth. So he has to, like, figure out exactly where Earth is, when Earth mm-hmm. is, and which Earth. Yeah. And just Amazing. kind of going through all of creation. Like, he meets God while he's, like, you know, nailing up the sun <laughs> with, like, a hammer. <laughs> and he's like, you know, seven like days was a rush job. Yeah, absolutely. This feels like, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of this first Hitchhiker's book, that feels very analogous to, to places we are going mm-hmm. um, with with uh, some of our most favorite characters in this franchise. Um, it also kind of reminds me, there's a um, there's a book I love Dimen- called Space Opera. It's called Opera. Dimension of Miracles from 1960. Dimension of Miracles. Amazing. Uh, there's a book I love called Space Opera by Catherine Valenti, mm. uh, where like the this uh, queer British punk band gets teleported to participate in space Eurovision, um, essentially uh, for the destruction of Earth. Is is the the loser's planet gets destroyed, um, and it is up to Decibel Jones and the Absolute Zeros to to save us all. Um, and it's just again this this book is a uh, a cultural landmark. It has been cribbed from. Mm-hmm. endlessly intentionally or no uh because much like jace i'm like yeah when i write prose this leaks into it and it's not something i can really stop it's just it, this is like when i am my own narrator voice speaks like this it's like when you listen to an artist and then you write music and you find influences of yeah. their sound in what you write there's so i personally think that Douglas Adams has such an incredibly mm-hmm. like musical There's, yeah, absolutely. tone in There's a his comedy writing and I think it's just it's about, like music it's about timing he just understands that's the thing is he's able to create ju- purely through text and like visual like in the way that it translates as you read it like the way the sentence yeah. unfurls no it's musical you know 
and the way that it times out allows it to have like a rhythmic punchline in your head without having any auditory input and that is such a mindfuck yeah. illusion and it's it's just like it's one of those things where you hear that and you like it so it starts to creep itself into when you make music you know yeah. when you start we, to write we talked about it way back in the early days of our community podcast but like there's such an intersection between music and comedy in so so many ways and so many like oh, yeah. comedians wish they were musicians and so many musicians attempt comedy see Bono <laughs> you know but like it is like but there's a, there's again it's all about rhythm it's all about timing no wait no Bono wasn't a comedian Bono was a joke hey, hey. Well done. Well done. Got him. Um, Thank you. Thank you. But anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Oh, God. What was Bono's um, devil character that he would do on stage? Oh, this is going to kill what? me. What was he I didn't called? realize Bono actually did comedy. Oh, he does. Well, uh, comedy is a generous uh, use of the term. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Bono, his name is Mr. Something. Oh, come on. Mr. Phil, Brightside. Phil. Mr. Macfisto. Oh, fuck Mac off! Mis- I is that a Mephisto? You. I'm Mr. Macfisto, <laughs> is how he would talk. Um, again, comedy, generous use of the word. But yeah, there's such an intersection. But again, it's all about timing. It's about rhythm. It's about structure, you know? Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's uh, like comedy is subjective, mm. uh, but a little bit less subjective. I feel like music is maybe the purest art form. You know, it's like, I think it's the one that you have to do the least to make people feel the most. Does that make mm-hmm. sense when I say that? Anyway, we all just <laughs> wish we were musicians, um, is what we're is what we're getting at here. Uh, but Jace, a wonderful singer I who I saw I... on stage. Say that again? Uh, you're a wonderful singer, Jace. I saw you on stage. You did. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm just, I was so happy you came. I, I'm just, I, I was I'm happy to come. Good. I loved it. Because, you know, hey, you know, I'll be honest. Sometimes when you go see a friend's show, you're like, God, am I going to have to, like, oh. am I going to have to smile through this after? Am I going to have to be like, wow, you no, guys are so I much fun I... there. Um, but, no, it was legitimately great. It made me cry. It was really good. It was really good. Thank you. Um, Thank by the time you. this episode comes out, I believe the run will be over. But hopefully the this is not the The run goes until hear. June 5th. Yeah, so Ooh. this will be it'll be over by the time this podcast comes up, but hopefully this is not the last we hear of Albert Keshi. Mm-hmm. Future opportunities come a knocking. Mm-hmm. Manifest. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you, you're. You, there, I, I, there are things that I can and that I can't talk about in public. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Off mic. Okay. Perfect. Uh great. But yes, anything. Anything else to needle into? here i love the exchange at the bar um mm-hmm. oh. with the the bartender is like oh yeah arsenal doesn't have a chance on. <laughs> like, oh yeah <laughs> no great. what else are they gonna talk about like i like the guy who like who, who is like clearly channeling channeling cold war shit where it's just like oh well if if the world's gonna we end, we'll just put a bag on her. Which is again fucking England English shit of just like, well, if we don't see it, then it's not a threat. Keep calm, carry we on. Can't worry. You know, about it's it. very, very much like the the duck and cover drills, where it's like, get under your mm. desk. It won't oh, help. That'll but help. Like, that'll do it. That'll um, fix all your problems. Nuclear fallout ain't nothing against a chair. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing. That desk will fucking save you. So yeah, like, the, you uh, see the flashing only, light. But only if you put your head underneath your hands. 
you duck because the yeah. hands will the hands will yeah. protect you. The hands if will you protect see your the brain. flash of a nuclear blast, get under your duck and cover. It'll be great. Uh, everyone, you don't want to get uh, nuke Joe blindness. Dante's matinee. Yeah, um, yeah. You <laughs> otherwise it'll get you. You don't want to be caught with your pants down uh, during the nuclear blast. Uh, perfect. But yeah, I love the exchange back and forth at the pub. I think all of that is good. I mean, so much of this, again, the process of reading this is like, yeah, whatever the plot, um, there's just, it's, it's about the, the way it is conveyed to you. The, 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 uh, phrasing of, of your Douglas Adams, uh, from mm. fucking jump street. When he describes like people being mad about the, the state of the world. Let me, let me pull it up. Um, the the very like first thing that you are treated to in this in this tome, uh, this planet has or rather had a problem, which is this: most of the people living on it were unhappy for pretty much of the time. Uh, many solutions <laughs> were suggested for this problem, but most of those were largely concerned with the movements of small green pieces of paper, which is odd because on the whole, it wasn't the small piece green pieces of paper that were unhappy, and so the problem remained. A lot of people were mean, and most of them were miserable, and even <laughs> even the ones with digital watches um many were increasingly of the opinion that they'd all made a big mistake in coming down from the trees in the first place and some <laughs> said that even the trees had been a bad move and that one should never have left the oceans and just like um the the story of like the woman who has developed a solution to all of the world's problems but it doesn't matter because she's about to get blown up you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Just these little asides, this entire little mm. like short story. Jesus Christ, New York. Yeah, baby. I hate living on this street. I gotta fucking move. Um. Anyway, sorry. Um. We get we get briefly we get this whole rundown. Even this the, again these scant three chapters of like what the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is and how it sells better than the Encyclopedia Galactica and you know, mm-hmm. like a whole rundown of variant you we get the description of the the pangalactic gargle blaster here mm-hmm. it's like the opening of chapter two this incredibly iconic uh youtube mixology mm-hmm. clickbait uh made by like, the well, president the president <laughs> like made a hit cocktail that is only remarkable because it absolutely fucks you up like no one says that yeah. it tastes good <laughs> it, it mm. just is physically punishing yeah but it will get you drunk uh so unbelievably quickly and uh is something analogous like having your brain smashed out with a slice of lemon lemon wrapped around a large gold brick <laughs> that is such a beautiful image a mm. slice of lemon wrapped around a gold brick a large gold a large brick. gold brick what in the world yeah, like it's a just... physically impossible task. Oh, absolutely, right. and it has. Right. I mean, like I'm looking here, chapter three. The fucking the whole towel thing is just like right here from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like the the rationale for why towels are important. That like if if you have a towel, people assume you have other things and you're put together, and you, you like won't try to rob them. Um, yeah, the uses of a towel is beautiful. I remember. The person who actually bought me this tome, who I was dating at the time, uh, one time for Christmas, I got her, like, a towel, and I had it monogrammed with Don't Panic. You know, just, like, the towel is so fucking iconic. That's cute. From this goddamn book. Thank you. I am cute. I'm adorable. (laughs) I'm a fucking sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm America's fucking treasure, thanks. 
I'm a goddamn American treasure. <laughs> I do not get the the uh, respect, respect that I deserve. Of course. Um, and and then fucking after all that, after we blow up the Earth, it's like, well, time to bring in Zaphod Bibarux, <laughs> who is uh, the mm-hmm. most popular yeah. character. Well, second most popular character from this franchise. The first most popular the, we have the, not the, the Mary the, the Mary Sue of the... <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is almost intentional. What, Zaphod that he's like could just like do anything? Is that what you're getting out there? Yeah, his yeah. Stu- no, that his you know, an ex-hippie. Possible. Yeah, he uh-huh. could do anything. Everyone likes him. Uh he's like a master ski boxer. Uh he's been he's president. A killer mixologist. Yeah. <laughs> he uh Yeah. Absolutely. He's uh, uh, you know, he's right. like a you know, he's, he's like a, a parody of like, you know, the space adventurer. Right, except and he's he just as me a shallow bit of as how they Cheeto actually chief. be. Of course, right, and it's like that that they're very open about like, yeah, the president is a figurehead. <laughs> he's mm. supposed to be like a happy, good time figurehead, so that like the people with actual power are moving the pieces in the background. <laughs> it's just, it's fucking something. Yeah. It's fucking something. Yeah. Something that. Um, surprised me on this reread, which I don't think is uh, something we'll we'll get to a lot. I forget that like Trillian is introduced as like dark skinned. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in in English fiction, there are so few non white characters, and that is something that is lost in every adaptation of this that I have ever seen. Is that she is described as like again like. I believe the phrase is like she looks like an Arab, uh, a type of person that no longer exists because the earth has mm-hmm. been blown up. But like that is lot. Zoe de Chanel don't look like that. <laughs> the woman on the BBC miniseries don't look like that. You know what I mean? I just I forgot about that. I'm not like wow Douglas Adams woke king, but like I just it's it's an aspect of this that is lost. I feel like. If we adapted this again and we cast a woman of color, there is a certain contingent of people on the internet who would just like shit their yes. pants with fury, mm-hmm. um, forgetting that that is that is textual. It doesn't always have to be textual. We can cast an Indian woman to play Yennefer on The Witcher or whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Uh, but like, it's in the text, baby. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Mike Newman uh, made a good argument for casting a black person to play Ford Prefect by noting that. The car that he named himself after only came in black. Only came in black. Uh, and Mostef does a great job. Like, oh, yeah. Mostef is great, great in that. He's great in that movie. He, he actually Everyone makes he's so good in a character. Yeah, he adds. That was that brief window of time where, like, Mostef was, like, acting. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, like, he was really good in, like, basically everything I've ever seen him in. But he oh, just kind of damn. Stopped. Doing most I'm def, sorry. Did, did most yeah. stuff ever do a fast movie? No, Luda kind of took well, what I know would Luda be did, the, the most deaf role. Like, that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been cool. I'm sorry, <laughs> Yasim Bey is what he goes by now. But um, but at the time he was in that movie, it was it was most deaf. Everyone is good in that movie. There's some kind of like unexpected. I don't know if Zoe Deschanel is good in that movie, but everyone else is really good in that in that film and some of the casting is like a little slanted sideways you're like okay yeah i see how this is sam rockwell but he does a great job and it doesn't it doesn't really matter alan rickman as a character that we haven't met yet but like come on Mm -hmm. come on man that's perfect i also think bill naive 
Bill Nye inspired in that as movie. a character that we have not met yet, but like yep. Thomas Lennon as the computer, mm-hmm. um, John, John Malkovich, Malkovich as a character who is not in the book. Humma no, Kahula. like a character um, that um, Douglas Adams cr- had created for the movie. In, oh, I, in wow. his first, in his first patch, patch, his first pass at the screenplay. Oh, I love that! I did. That's know that. awesome. That's I love great. that too. Oh yeah, no, he'd been, yeah. he'd spent um, years in America. He like, like, like almost like half a decade in America trying to get the movie made. Oh my god! And then just gave up. Yeah, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, then a few decades later, Hollywood did come a knocking because they decided that that name was big enough. Yep. But they did have to cast in a lot of non-Brits in it, which does yeah, feel a bit. A lot slanderous. of Yanks. A lot of Yanks. Uh, big that just wouldn't like be Sam right. Rockwell. They wouldn't get it. They wouldn't get it. The, the pacing would have been off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a whole. It's a whole. How do you do? But um, the movie is good. There's a couple. There's a couple things where, as like a big book fan, I'm like, you did kind of butcher this great moment but most of it's great and like completely original yeah. it is how i picture the vogons that is indelibly how i picture the vogons mm-hmm. i cannot imagine them any other way than the jim henson company created like with the smash noses and the, yeah. it's it's great. i think that's also the other thing is i think most probably the biggest thing for me watching hitchhiker's guide is because i was a huge jim henson fan like mm, anything yeah. that Henson touched, I was all mm-hmm. over. Yeah, and I believe you know, obviously the movie uh, was made after he passed, but yeah, but it was. Still, uh, but it's the it's the Henson company, it's the Henson yeah. legacy. Yeah, um, and I nobody. Think, does I think it his better. son Brian at that point was doing a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was kind of the the legacy guy. He even Brian had like stopped making the Muppet, you know, like movies and properties at that point, and they were just sort of like a general overseer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were, but, uh, they had the creature shop. They were like still mm-hmm. doing like the most advanced animatronic puppetry work in the industry. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's great. And that's a we'll obviously watch and talk about that movie when we when we finish this book mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of stuff that's like additive and interesting and i like yeah. it mm-hmm. and and so much of it that it's like yeah this is how i picture it now yeah. like i that is i know in the in the book the starship heart of gold is described as like long and looking like a shoe um but no the the heart of gold in my mind is a little it's a little ball because i love that yeah. little ball i think that's a cool spaceship design yeah 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 i, I mean it. i think let them let them exist well that's the other thing is in um in the book they have it where it's um the vogon ships that are coming to destroy earth are bright yellow just like the tractors and in the movie mm-hmm. they're not in the movie they're much more they're like gray metallic, gray yeah. right and i think that's just like visually because like if you introduce something that yellow first of all it's cg and the yellow right. and cg just doesn't seem like a good idea um mm-hmm. yeah and It'd the other thing intense. is, like, it would make that way less intimidating than it needed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, it um, there's that one, there's that one faction in the Game of Thrones books, and it is based on, like, a real army that wore, like, hot pink armor that, like, obviously they changed that for yeah. the adaptation. But it's mm-hmm. like, and it was based on some real army that also did it because it was, like, intimidating because, like, what is that color? Like, what is like? Mm-hmm. What is this that is coming? Yeah, that that color doesn't um, exist in nature. 
Right. So it was like intimidating. They're like, who the fuck are these guys <laughs> that are like coming at me in this hot pink armor? But they, they did change that for the adaptation. So they didn't look like the Barbie army. Hmm. Barbie army rise Although, up. I am. I am Barbie army for Greta Gerwig's Barbie coming to theaters 2023. I'm intrigued. I am Barbie army. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm in. I'm intrigued. I'm I need to know nothing else. I'm fucking you're like, I'm in. Game. I stand. <laughs> Midnight. It, lo- Midnight. it sounds Who's cool. I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm really curious about that one. So and everyone has to do their IP movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure we previously discussed, like, this makes more sense for Greta Gerwig than, like, Greta Gerwig's X-Men or something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she probably has an interesting take on Barbie. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a pretty. And Barbie good... desperately needs her contemporary lens associated with sure. their brand. Because I mean, I wouldn't mind if like Barbie just like stopped existing. Like that I wouldn't matter to me. Yeah. To agree. Uh, but sure, I bet woke Barbie could be interesting. Um, let's see. Well, it. Barbie's also, out. to be fair, Barbie has also always kind of tried, at least, to. Yeah. follow the waves of feminism and like mm-hmm. adapt their brand and all this stuff they've attempted to it's still a fucking yeah. corporate marketing yeah. device but, but like well, Barbie's always tried to understand what the general understanding of woman is as a child might understand it sure. and, oh, and, so and like, more, more specifically what a parent would want their child to understand what a woman yes. is yes uh, but she is a career Quite woman. Quite coercively, you know? yes. It She's a, a woman in business. Way. Barbie's mm-hmm. a woman in STEM, I think is what we yes. have. <laughs> well, <laughs> we they have did that already. Like, no, I know. It's, yeah, that's... Anyway. That's good. How are you going to top the iconic portrayal of Barbie in Toy Story 2? I don't see how you it's, do it. It's, it's so iconic, you can't top it. It's going to be tough. Right. It's going to be tough to live up to that legacy. Um, oh, but we have to remember, it's uh, a movie of the real guy, not the toy. It's the real right, guy. Right, right. It's, it's of Barbie that the doll is based on. <laughs> the doll is based on. Jace, are you familiar with this insane thing that we are referencing? Possibly the worst the, log Are you talking about the, like, the German like sex worker? No, no, no. no, no. We are talking no, it, about... We are, the pitch please. for Lightyear. Lightyear, as as pitched by Chris Evans oh, on Twitter. Right. When people are like, okay, so is this like a movie in the universe? Or was he like a real, like Neil, Neil Armstrong guy? And Chris Evans was like, it's about the real guy the toy was based on, was how he phrased it. And he's like, wait, the real guy? Like, from our world? Like, what are you talking That didn't clarify anything. Like, like, there's no um, Buzz Aldrin, but there is a, like... But there is. A Buster yeah. Lightyear. Of course. Right. Um, and, and it has since been clarified that, like, it is Star Wars in the Toy Story universe. Like, it is a movie that Andy would watch, to which I say, like... Right, you know, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's like Star Wars. Toy's backstory. Then why does it... Why does it... But also, like, have we not lost the thread here if we are watching a movie that exists in the fictional Toy Story universe? <laughs> like, if we not, like, cross the sort of IP Rubicon no, here? No, we, no it's there. like someone we've making Mint. Have we lost the thread? I want to make Mant, actually. That sounds great. That's a good movie. Mant's um, already been made. Mant. Um, Have y'all seen Matinee? Yeah, that's what we're referencing. Yeah, yeah, wait, if someone I'm actually just... makes the movie, like the feature-length film, Yeah, oh, if make someone made an, a full-length movie, which, like, I would do. Like, if presented yeah. with the opportunity to make Mant, I would do it. 
That's what I would do. That's Everyone go watch Joe Dante's Matinee. That's mm-hmm. the second time I've said this sentence on this podcast it's a, today. It's a fun movie. <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It might be my favorite Dante, but honestly... Really? Like, better than Gremlins? I didn't say better. I said favorite. I, I love Gremlins. And Gremlins 2 even more. And Gremlins 2 is... Uh, the new badge. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a... Gremlins 2. I love Looney Tunes back in action. I love Small Soldiers. I'm a Joe Dante kind of guy. I like his co-writing credit on Rock and Roll High School. I'm a Joe Dante kind of guy, <laughs> but I love Matinee. I That's just, like, is. specifically yeah. my, my uh, aesthetic. It's a fun movie. Um, John Goodman. That's yeah. the secret sauce. That's the fun <clears throat> secret sauce. Yep. That guy can do anything. I love John Goodman. I love old B sci-fi movies. I love 50s Cold War paranoia. What can I say? They made that one for me. Yeah. No, I, I mean, they really... It's Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just yep. so fun. Watch it's it. Fucking good. Uh, anything else on the on these first um, four chappies of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Shout out to the Hulavu, the hyper intelligent shade of the color blue. Amazing. Um, which it doesn't make any sense and doesn't need to. No, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's, the way gi- it it's is. giving moisturize me. You know what I'm talking about? Like the doctor. Mm. She's like the last no. human being. Have you not seen Doctor Who? Oh, the fate, the the skin. the last the world quote unquote the world's last human being, and she's just like skin. She's the skin. I've seen baby. that one. Yeah, because that was in that was in an Eccleston. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Eccleston. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So that's what I was saying about like the shade of blue. It's like it's just like it's just kind of yeah. a sentient. The yeah. like shot it through a prism, and yeah, it's good. It's the good yeah. shit. I've, I love. I've, I've only seen one so- who. And it's uh, the it was the um, adipose one. Mmm, interesting. Which, like, the person insisted was like the best intro episode. <laughs> no, it's not. The best yeah, intro no, episode is Blink. Yeah, I ha- it's why I haven't seen any more of it. Yeah, if you want to watch the best intro episode, watch uh, Blink. Blink. Okay. I believe it's season three. It's it's one of the seasons yeah. with Tenet. Um, yeah. And it's a standalone episode written by Stephen Moffat while Russell T. Davies was still show running. And um, it's better than every single episode Moffat wrote after that. Yeah. Moffat, good individual episode writer. Bad incredible. Incredible, incredible episode. Uh, and yeah. that'll get you in it. That's like, the good shit right like, there. Like and it's nothing. a little like it's a little off model, you know, it's not your standard Doctor Who episode, but no, you're it's, like, this it's is a good. standalone episode, which this. is so unusual. It's like usually it's yeah. they've got a very strong season, you know, like it's sure. very connected mm-hmm. as you go through. And there are some that are like standalone ish, like they're more focused on these things, but there's mm-hmm. still little yeah. cookie crumbs of the big mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. This episode is just straight up. You don't need to know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And you can go in and it's a little spooky scary and it's amazing. It's so good. Well, hell yeah. It used to be just like um, an old like almost like old film serials, right? Where it was just like each episode like in like the 60s where it was just like each episode led directly to the next, but it, it, it was just more tightly done than the I kind mean, of semi-episodic yeah, I mean, serialized now. Yeah, it was like he would land, it was like he would land on a new planet at the end of the thing. You'd be like, well, mm-hmm. I gotta show up next time, see what this new planet's about. Mm-hmm. And then he'd do that planet, and then he'd fly away again. Um, and the TARDIS used to change shape, but then they're like, that's too much money. He's in a telephone booth forever. 
<laughs> and you know what? Good call. Honestly. Right, they were just like, oh yeah, the shape-shifting function is stuck. But I just, only on the yeah. outside, though. But only I on the outside. So on the inside. It looks it looks like an iconic like thing. You can buy to. it as a coffee mug. Yeah. Um, honestly, again, good call. One of the greatest calls in the history of television marketing it's awesome. um, was Maybe. to make it a police box forever. Uh, honestly, one thing I'll say about Douglas Adams before we, before we wrap on this episode, he, I think, does not get enough credit at being one of the great writers of exposition in any medium. Um, oh, yeah. There is so much that he can dump in such a short span of time while also m- keeping everything kinetic. And obviously the comedy helps with that. But the Zaphod mm-hmm. chapter is, I think, interesting. Because it's not long. The Zaphod chapter is like 10 pages max. I think I'm giving it to like too much credit there. And in that span of time, he essentially gives you the entire concept of galactic government and introduces you Zay Fox, introduces you to the spaceship in like 8 to 10 pages and you never feel like alright, this is the scene where they dump all the fucking lore on me like, let's Mm -hmm. get to it, come on oh, how do the Infinity Stones work you know, like, we don't have to do that scene like, because he, he always frames exposition within action so like Zephod is riding in the boat and we learn a little bit more and then we're back to Zephod in the boat and what's he doing and then there's the next step of the you know and we build and we slowly like grow this and so it always feels like you were in a kinetic set of action while also getting an incredible amount of information yeah and you're and you're never like ugh like I get to and uh, fucking all these fantasy and sci-fi novels that I read right right. right, when's when's the 10 pages where I have to learn how the world works Mm-hmm. It's never like that. Well, he also, he, what I think makes his exposition so effective isn't just that it's very, um, it's funny. Like, the jokes make it go down smoother and make it more digestible. For um, sure. It's, and it is effective in its action. It's how sparse it is. He only tells you precisely enough to understand what's going on. Like, we don't know what, like, if there's, like, a... We just know there's a government and there's a president. And they developed a ship. We don't know anything about Zaphod's, like, backstory, how he became president, what his platform is, what... He's also figured out the weirdest way Because it's irrelevant. All we need to understand is that the most powerful man in the world doesn't think he is, and he's acting out. And that's all He's a goofball, and he's carrying a couch in a big bubble and yeah. like and he also invented this drink you know like we mm. we we get all this careful like piecemeal you're right that it's like he gives you just as much as you need it's contextual yeah. exposition which is like that's how you do it baby you tell me we when, get more what information I know on when well I but the to. other thing that he does the other thing that he does is he tells it in the weirdest way possible and also includes stuff you don't need to know no, because, right. yeah, we know more about the Pangalectic Gargle Blaster than we do about the, how the, about the galactic government. Right. Because yeah. it's, right. it's because funny. Because it, he's it turned, yeah. he's turned exposition into its own sort of punchline. And yeah. by doing that, whenever there's relevant information in exposition, it just, it, it blends in seamlessly. And it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it's loading you down. Absolutely. You know, he's turned it into the entire form is just constant exposition and mm-hmm. it's just like it's that like is 
snowballing. That is, most Ford of the jokes are comedy like, primary role, right? Like that right. is that mm-hmm. is Ford Prefect's role in this franchise is to explain things, but it never feels like, ugh, here comes Ford with his fucking book again. <laughs> it's always like, um, yeah. And the comedy helps, but I feel like drama or action screenwriters could learn this in the same way of like, keep it brisk. Keep it interesting. Put it within mm-hmm. context and within something. Like, tell me it when I need to know it so that I'm not like, all right, here's the lore. Here it comes. Here comes Lore Man with his lore book. No, um, you know what else I, helps? Because Arthur Dent doesn't care about the exposition either. That's <laughs> he, true. Like, that's none true. of the characters want to know what they're talking about. Like, Ford Prefect yeah. is just a did-you-know guy. He's a fun fact guy. And that's all he, that's his job is just finding out fun facts. You want him around on trivia night, but you never want to hang out with him socially. Cause you're exactly. like, this is what this guy is, is yeah. just random facts. And I know again, mm-hmm. glass houses, he said, pointing to himself, throwing stones. Uh, but you know, I understand my limited appeal. <laughs> <laughs> I get what, what my limitations are. And those limitations uh, are infinite. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Be- thank you, my friend. Thank you, my beautiful Those limitations friend. are infinite. That is one of the meanest things I've heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I took it the opposite direction, but maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe, I, inten- maybe... I intended it the opposite, but that's way funnier. <laughs> that's a way funnier <laughs> read. Your limitations, like... hey, the things that will hold yeah. you back are mm-hmm. limitless, baby. Innumerable. Hey, buddy, yeah, buddy, I was like, damn, you, buddy. what did I just buddy, hear? There is no ceiling to the walls hemming you in. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, those walls never end, baby. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, my friend Justin just laying me down like on a sick fucking You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch diss track. <laughs> uh, never has a man, never has an entity been so owned as in You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Mm-hmm. That's just a fucking, that's just every line is devastating. Every line is fucking you're devastating. My, you're you're coming to my daughter's podcast. <laughs> you insult her? Never invite me over for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I just thought, I love that bit when he's like, come on, what's the, you never invite me over to hang out. It's always, I need this. I need this godfather. <laughs> I need this. You never just fucking like, what? You don't think I like watching television? <laughs> yeah. I don't think television was really. I like then, the big but... game. Invite me over. You think I don't like the big game? You think I don't like nachos? I would love to become over, but no, it's I need this, I need that. You know, I only hear from you when you need to move, because I own a truck. <laughs> That's all I ever hear from you. Oh, hey, are you free next Sunday? I'll pay you in pizza and beer. It's always pizza and beer. Godfather, good movie. Um, great. I, um... I love this book. I'm so excited that we're going to get to talk about mm-hmm. all five of these books. Uh, and the sequels are fucking weird. Uh-huh. And I'm very excited to, to talk to them. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially oh, that yeah. one that's a rom-com. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That, that's that the one, one he wrote while he was trying to sell the script to Hollywood. And it kind of reads that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I like that one. I like all five of them to varying degrees. Um, though I, it is, I think, a downward slope. For me but the I think i think is it, gradual for me, and i think i read funny. the second one and i immediately noticed that the pacing was way slower it's weird mm-hmm. the second one yeah after it goes again, the it because it goes like click 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 it also goes shoo, the doo, crystalline doo, diamond sharp pacing of the first 30 pages of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy 
Uh, yeah, is slackened in the restaurant at the end of the universe where I think like we don't leave that restaurant for like half the book. We in that restaurant for a while. You're in there. There's a lot going down in that restaurant. There's a lot going on in that restaurant. To be (laughs) fair, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not that it's uninteresting, but it's also like not never not as clippy. Uh, But there is a reason that like the first one is probably everyone's favorite. Oh, with the most famous, it's the most iconic. Jesus Christ! Uh, It also has the tightest story. For sure, and uh, and unlike the other books, it its story feels conclusive. You could yeah. stop after you can this put one. a button on it. Yeah, uh, for sure. Whereas like the rest of the books, mm-hmm. I guess the fourth one honestly kind of has like an open and shut story. But the rest of them are just kind of and here's some stuff that happens. Well, the, and the, the second ending doesn't book. really have anything. Well, the, the third book, one wait, has the second the, book concludes hmm. the radio serial. Um, and is yeah. meant to have the, it's meant to have that it's which ends on them stuck on Earth, and uh, in, in uh, stuck on an Earth where the question was ultimately irrelevant, and it, th- that's meant to be a pitch black um, punchline that this whole trek across time and space was wrong from the start. <laughs> Like, not only did the Earth never have to be destroyed, but the question was wrong, but the question was going to be wrong anyway. Yeah, you were, you were wrong. It's very, um, uh, Spike Jones where the wild things are. Yeah. Uh, Where it was like, you were wrong for wanting to participate in this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Max, you were a bad boy. Oh, yeah. That's Um, why I love it. (laughs) Oh, well, that's, yeah, that movie is beautiful and it makes mm-hmm. me cry. Um, the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, has made me do a lot of things. It has never made me cry, um, but it made me laugh a lot, more than any mm-hmm. book that I've ever fucking read. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to keep going through all five of these. Um, and yeah, rock and roll all night and part of every day. So, uh, Justin, as our guest, we're now in the plugs section. Why don't you tell us uh, where people can hear you? And follow ya. Well, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Squidical Inking. That's Squidical Inking. Uh, you can catch me on this very feed uh, on <gasps> Movies for Babies and or just ver- various episodes. Um, I'm always ecstatic to be invited on. Uh, you can also catch me on the uh, game show podcast, OK Stupid, O-K-A-Y, the dating game slash trivia game sh- uh, podcast uh, with the most obtuse rules ever devised. And then you can also catch Kevin and I on the Puffin Publishing Podcast, our oh, yes. uh, tragically concluded uh, improv comedy show. Goddamn right. Um, yes, uh, Movies for Babies. We're working on uh, scheduling a, a Chippendale episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, you know, no promises, but we're working on it. We're, yeah. we're setting it up. Because okay. there's... Um, I, was a, I had a fun with that movie, despite it being like a garish IP nightmare. Uh, but I, I also thought I it was fun. I have a lot to say about that movie. Yeah, Which one is this? This is the new one, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, it's out already? Yeah, it came yes. out. Oh, and you watched You've been busy. it? I watched it. I had fun. Okay. I liked it. Okay. I watched your musical was sandwiched in between my screenings of uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, where I watched like half of it, and I saw your show, and I went home and I finished it. Oh, okay. 
I liked it. Sometimes you're like, oh, God, like another cameo. And then sometimes the cameo is funny. So, like, I don't know what to mm. tell you. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, that was a good joke. Like, bringing in <laughs> Seth Seth Rogen Pumbaa to talk to another Seth Rogen character is not funny. But then bringing in three other Seth Rogen characters is funny. I don't know what to th- I Like, they every so often they would subvert <laughs> your expectations in a nice way. And then sometimes it's like, look, it's this guy. I hate when it's look, it's this guy. Yeah. But sometimes they had a good joke about this guy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but there is one critical flaw in the film uh, that cannot be overcome, but you'll have to wait for Movies for Babies for me to tell oh, you what that is. Oh, damn. Yeah. The hook. Damn. That's the hook. The Got hook. you on it. Gotta I keep them um, wanting. Perfect. Marketing genius, Kevin Lanigan. Thank you. I'm yeah. a marketing <laughs> genius, which is terrible. I don't want to be a marketing genius. That <laughs> I was saying it sucks. super ironically. I, I thank that. you. Thank you. <laughs> I think I do okay on our Twitter account. Obviously, like, you You're know, not we have, doing like, bad thir- out there. We have like 3,200 followers on that Twitter account, whereas it's really? personal as like 750. Yeah. Shit. So I'm doing okay, actually. I don't want to hear no guff. No more. No more after guff, all, all right? Take it back. After everything I've done for you that you didn't after ask for. Uh, Jace, what about your plugs? Oh, you my plugs? God, my plugs. Um, nothing major right now except for the show, but this is going to come out after we've concluded our run. Uh, but check out the Trans Entertainment Guild on, I don't know, Instagram and I think also Facebook. But it's Facebook, so enter at your own Damn. risk. Yeah, um, Trans Entertainment Guild, definitely give them a check, a check, a check out, a check of them out. Give them a check. A check of them out. (laughs) Cut them a check. Cut them a check. Give them a check. Actually, actually, though, send money. Um, That would be really great. But uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V on all platforms. Jace. Wonderful. That's it. I don't know. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, let's see. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan on all the shit. Uh, I am unfortunately getting back into improv comedy, so I'm sure you will hear about my shows coming up. Yeah, I know. Fuck me, right? But, like, I had a good time doing it last night, uh, so I guess I'm doing that again. You know, I never learn is the thing about me. Um, but I met some fun people last night doing improv. (sighs) Anyway... Uh, more on that tragedy <laughs> as it develops. Um, yeah, all the shit that Justin said, because Justin is uh, one of my main collaborators on this planet Earth. Um, also, uh, my show, Crazy X Pod Friends. Uh, there was, uh, when you're listening to this, there was a new episode last week. Get on it. Where were you? Give um, it a listen. I'm it's sure great. both of. I'm sure both of the other people here will be on that show at some point. That <laughs> just seems Crazy X Pod friends pod friends yeah both of you will be on there at some point right i'm sure like come on like come on um i guess if you don't want to you don't have to i won't force you to do anything but it's a fun show and it's loosey-goosey um and uh it's uh, me and my friend cat and we uh are here to make you feel bad and uh, get sad and stuff one two three mm-hmm. four and uh rock and roll and uh we'll be back oh and uh of course patreon.com slash tv's kevin uh where for as little as one dollar a month uh you can get access to shows that no longer exist and previews of shows like crazy x pod friends one full week early so hop behind that paywall and drink deep 
from the cask of Amontillado that awaits you behind the paywall. Um, perfect. And we will be back next week. Well, next week is Memorial Day. We'll have to figure out uh, scheduling uh, for that. How are we going to read? Let's see here. What are we going to read for next week? Uh, Jace, how was this page count for you? Was that like a manageable page count on like a weekly podcast I schedule? I on... Uh, I went on YouTube and I put on a uh, an audiobook at 1.5 speed. Damn. And blew through it. At, blew through and it, it took about a half hour to do it that way. Oh, so that's fucking easy. That's less than when we were doing two community episodes a week, right? Yeah. Uh, perfect. So we will uh, will be reading chapters 5 through 11 of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's 30 pages? That's like 34 pages. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, one of those chapters is one page. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, gotta love it. Uh, and uh, until then, I will say so long. And thanks for all the fish. Stay groovy, fruits. You hoopy fruits. That's a hoopy fruit who knows where his towel is. Mm. Justin, you're a hoopy fruit. Oh, you're a hoopy too. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, boy. Let me into the public domain. I want to go. <laughs> I want to be. I gotta get out of here. I want to sow my wild oats. <laughs> Doesn't anybody care what I want? What Mickey wants? I got a bad contract a hundred years ago, and I've been cutting a bean into paper thin slices ever since. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all, but oh dear. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect for all the natural wonders that grow around you. So long, so long, and thanks for all the fish. The world's about to be destroyed. There's no point getting all annoyed. Lie back and let the planet dissolve around you. Despite those nets of tuna feats, we thought that most of you were sweet. Especially tiny tops and your pregnant women. So long, so long, so long, so long, so long. Please tell your friends about this show. This has been a Talkback Podcast.